Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ross. How you doing, boy? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am pretty sleepy, Sanji, not gonna lie. What time is it by you? It is 7, 7 in the morning, and the sun's not even out yet, so... Man, that is... Things that we do for the art community. I know, right? That is super <laughs> dedication, bro. I really respect you for getting up, yo. Honestly, it was my bad. We kind of mixed up the time zones and, like, what time we were supposed to record it yesterday. So we we're like, oh, fuck, you know what? All right, let's try to squeeze in the pod just before, especially on a Friday game week deadline, man. So crazy tight times. Um, But, yeah, we don't have a lot of time today because we're on a tight schedule, etc. So we're going to jump straight into stuff. Ross, do you want to remind listeners how they can share our podcast and... I guess find us, communicate with us. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at BantaB on Discord in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. On Reddit, you forward slash Banta underscore boy. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, all under the name of Banta Boys. So is this, if this is your first time listening to the Banta Boys podcast, welcome. We do everything Fantrax and sometimes OFPL draft as well. Uh, so typically how we do this pod is that in the first half, we do a data dump. Then we catch up in our leagues, how we did. Uh, then we take a halftime pint. I don't think Ra should be drinking this early in the morning, though. And then in the second half, we do some Twitter questions that we get from our fans. And then we suggest... FA slash waiver picks that could probably help you win your game week. Ross, before we get started, I just want to, you know, mention the fact that uh, last game week was just absolute shite. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, same. Like, you know, I'm not even gonna, you know, forget and whatever. We won. (laughs) I mean, we did kind of expect a shit show, especially because of like, you know, coming out of international break. You never know what to expect. Players returning late. Yeah, it was like the worst possible game week ever. Man, I had six possible matchups, four on Fantrax, two on OFPL draft. I lost all of them. Oof. Yeah. It's okay, I'm only in I'm only in two leagues, but I lost both of them. One of them I got destroyed in, lost my um lost my streak. The other one I lost by a player who loves keeping goalkeepers. <laughs> Is so. that Debs? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, on a positive note, I'm finally out of quarantine. I got my first shot. School is busy fucking me up. So that's kind of why we need to do shorter pods and stuff. Don't have that much time to record. Plus, all this shit is free. I mean, yeah, we didn't get paid for this shit. So we'll give you what we want to give you. Um, (laughs) One thing, though, it blows my mind that recovered balls isn't part of the default scoring. But stuff like high claims and smothers are. Like... It would totally affect the value of some of the players that we play with, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, let's start our actual business, though. Ay, 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 ay. Fantasy. With the Banta Boys. Starting with the data dump, right? So we're looking at key passes. The highest number of key passes was 8 by Bruno Fernandes, then 6 by Nathan Redman, 5 by Hyungmin Sun and Townsend, and then 4 key passes by McGinn and Milner. Ross, you have anything comments on that? No, not really. I mean, James Milner is still very lowly owned in a lot of leagues, and I feel like until they get at least one or two midfielders back, he's going to keep starting. So definitely go pick him so, up then, you're saying? 
All right. Yeah. Well, good thing I placed a waiver on him last night. And one thing, I think the reason Redmond has six key passes, let's not forget that GWP is missing games, right? This one, this gaming that just went by, the gaming that's coming up. So I think that he's just, you know, possibly taking some corners and set pieces as well. And there's just more room for him to be creative in that sense. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a dip in that form once GWP comes back. All right. Now let's look at shots and how many of those were on target. So the highest number of shots attempted was by Norgard from Brentford. It's a miracle how we kept a clean sheet in that game, to be honest. Yeah. Mendy was basically like Gandalf and net, mate. But anyways, Norgard had two of those shots on target. Then we look at five shots attempted. Broha had three of them on target. Chelsea legend got his first start for Southampton. Yep. Did really, really well. Greenwood had... And his goal. Yeah, exactly. Great finish. Greenwood had two of his shots on target. And Dombele had one shot on target of five attempted. Redmond had one shot on target as well. And Mo Salah, of course, is always there. Three shots on target out of the five attempted. Then finally, out of four shots attempted, Antonio had one on target. Iwobi had zero on target. Mares had one on target. Mane had two on target. Lucas Mora had zero on target. And Tielemans had two on target. Any comments, Ross? Man, like, that Mendy, like just kept you in that game just like save after save even after that crazy attempt and like you know let's let that go in bro like you know <laughs> Brentford definitely deserved the point there. yeah man they deserve more than a point if anything to be honest more than yeah, a point they really yeah. really did but yeah. you know what I'll take the three points you know it's probably a sign of champions when you don't play so well and you can still grind out wins but man I still am tipping Liverpool to win the title at the moment I think I'm gonna change my season predictions just because Ole is fucking everything up at Manchester United right now Okay, <laughs> then the next category we're going to look at is accurate crosses into the box. So, four accurate crosses attempted by and completed by Andrus Townsend, then three by Pascal Gross, and then the next tier is two accurate crosses into the box by Bruno Fernandes, Cancelo, Cucurella, Henry, Rico Henry, that is, from Brentford, Zanka. They're one of their back three centre-backs, right? That was a little surprising to see. Nicolas Pepe and Nathan Redmond. Again, like I said, I feel like Redmond's just being a bit more creative because JWP is out. It's funny, like, during on, like, on the Twitter, in the Twitter sphere, let's call it, one of the, um, I guess, people in the community was like, oh, Townsend is just like a flash in the pan and, you know, he's not going to yeah. be consistent. But honestly, I think people are sleeping on him, man. That's 12 points right there, man. Like, two points for, like, the key passes and two, uh, and, like, one point each for the, the accurate, or four points each for the accurate cost. Sorry, that's 14 points just right there. Yeah, bro. Just with, like, you know, him contributing. I feel like all the plays kind of going through him, right? Then. Exactly, right? And if DCL is out injured even longer now because he had a setback, he's probably still on penalties as well, right? When Townsend took the last one. Okay. And mm -hmm. finally, we're just going to look at a couple extra, you know, outliers or whatnot. Um, Joelinton and El Yunusi, six di dispossessions each. Uh, I want to say Lascelles with 11 clearances. And the one other thing that kind of stood out to me is aerials. The highest number of aerials was by Ivan Tony, 11 aerials. And then the next highest was by Hanley, seven aerials. Yo, Ivan Tony is a ghost points machine, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What was that tweet? He's the tallest 5'11 player uh, in the Premier League. He's, a, he's, a, he's the tallest short player in the Premier League. And Luke Shaw is the shortest tall player in the Premier League, both at 5'11 for Ivan Tony and 6'1 for Luke Shaw. 
I can't believe Luke Shaw is six. Yeah, one. he does not look. I six, know. Six he one. looks wider than he does look taller. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to the review. <laughs> Russ, why don't you catch us up on you know how you kind of went through Game Week Eight? Yeah. So, like I said, I lost both. Uh, both my games lost my winning streak. Got destroyed for my winning streak in the OG League and in the Banta Boys League. I played with, I played against one less player, and I still lost. I played against one less player, and I still lost. So like you know, like it was it was a bad game week overall. But made some moves in the Banta Boys leagues. I picked up Gundogan and dropped Chaloba because I have Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic also on my bench. So I'm like, why do I need three Chelsea midfielders? And then in the OG League, I picked up Jones and I dropped Torres because Torres is out for a few months. And moved Saka to the IR. And yeah, but like in my in my Banter Boys League, I'm like, even like, you know, now Ducor is also injured. So I'm like, I don't like, you know, I have like Ducore, Ziak, Pulisic, Thiago, all on my bench who are just all injured. Saka too, uh, like on my in- injuries are all, all just kind of like unavailable at the moment. So I don't even know what to do with them at the moment. I'll yeah. have to figure it out. Yeah, if you think it's bad for fantasy managers, imagine these actual footballers that are having to go through all these injuries, man. I really feel it for these guys, man. Way too much football. Way too much. Anyways, shall we move on to how the banter boys are doing in the public communities? Go for it. Okay, so in the DPL community, the Traore Triad League. So I actually did a trade, Sar for Saka. And I was talking to you and Ryan about this all the time. Because, you know, JWP was missing for a couple of games. And I feel like I needed some mids. Also, like, Rudiger was injured. Varane was injured. I just, yeah, I, I needed to be able to play a legal formation. I mean, the trade seemed good at the time. But now that Saka's injured, I don't know. Sar looks like he's playing as the lone striker up top or maybe part of a front two. Do you think it was still a good trade? I don't know. I feel like Ryan jinxed Ryan jinxed it because he was just like, but he's injury prone, and guess who gets injured in that game? Saka off a really bad tackle, by the way. It wasn't even atrocious like he got, tackle. Like you know, he yeah. up or something. He, like I, I'm surprised James McArthur wasn't sent off there, but like that was one of those things, and I'm just like, man, like Ryan just said it, and he just got injured, and like you know, he put that energy out in the world. And like it happened. You know what's really funny? So for Champions League Fantasy, for the Chelsea game last night, so we also play uh, OFPL, right? The regular uh, budget version or whatnot. So there's a lot of headache yeah. right now whether or not we should you know, transfer Ronaldo or bring in Lukaku. So Ryan literally said, oh, you know what would be really easy? If Lukaku just gets injured tonight, that would make our decision a lot easier. Lo and behold, oh my Ryan God. is a proper jinx, bro. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yo, Ryan, why don't you, like, give us some, like, lottery numbers, bro? I know, right? Okay, so I ended up getting a bad loss in the Triad tri- tri- League. Uh, 102.25 versus 55.5. It sucks that my first pick, Mason Mount, is not starting. And what is with me and wavering in my highest scoring player? Dunk scored 20 points. That was my highest scoring player. That is so sad. But I mean, kudos to me for, I guess, knowing who to pick up every game week, I guess. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, have the foresight to think, okay, because Fabinho was missing, Henderson was playing that CDM role. So even though he was getting all those ball recoveries, I was getting fuck all points for it, right? So it really affected his points output because he was playing a different role in that team, not putting in crosses into the box, etc. Like, you know, James the Goat Milner would have been doing. 
Exactly, exactly. So it's crazy because like by Saturday, end of Saturday, we were dead even with the scores. Sunday, he had three assets versus my zero. But on the final day... It was, he had like a 30 point lead by then, right? But it came down to him having Pepe and me having Ramsdale, Saka, Ben White, and Kieran Tierney. And it ended up 13 points for his Pepe versus my three points out of my four players. That's what I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I get for trusting Arsenal assets, man. I was, uh, yeah, I know. I was like, that, that was me. I was like, I was down by like 100 points on coming into the Monday game. And I'm like, oh man, what if Arsenal does it for me? But obviously they don't. Like, you know. Typical Arsenal. Never trust Arsenal. I know, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only positive I would want to take from it is that Rashford got subbed on and scored a screamer of a goal. So, he looks like he's not been out at all. So, yeah, I'm sitting in sixth place, four points ahead of seventh place, eight points behind the leader. Ravi P, shout out to you. You've passed me. He's currently on a five-win game streak, right? Um, but yeah, let's move on to the Champions Cup. So, again, you know, obviously another loss. Like I said, I lost all my matchups, 77.5 to 55.5. The opponent didn't even have anyone on the last day. Like, he ended by the Sunday on 77.5. And I thought, you know, again, four players going into it. I'm 20 points behind. Nope. Could not make that up. Thank you, Arsenal. So, yeah. There's a couple of trades in that league that I kind of wanted to get your opinion on. McTominay for Rodri. Do you think that's a fair trade? Who are you getting? Oh, I'm. it's not between me. Do you think those are equal? Like, I'm just asking oh. value-wise. I guess I guess it is like Rodri isn't at the same level as he was last year. I feel like I don't I don't see him putting up the same number of points. McTominay, I feel like Ole is pretty soon to be sacked, especially depending on how this upcoming fixture against Liverpool goes. So with that on the line, I don't know. I think then it might kind of be up in the air on like who starts in the midfield, what system does they pl- do they play? Do they revert from a four two three one to like a four three three or whatever, right? And then does McTominay kind of keep his place, right? Plus, like you know, McTominay is only valuable when he's on that like you know high scoring streak, right? You know, score two goals in a game in the first twenty minutes, those sort of things, right? So other than that, like I haven't seen him put up like crazy crazy points that he used to in the last couple of seasons where he puts up seven eight points regardless of how he's playing so i guess it's an even trade in the sense that like like you know like both both aren't playing to the level that they're used to be playing so yeah and let's not forget ball recoveries aren't a default scoring and i think that really affects rodri's scoring in this game as well right so another trade i want to throw at you vardy Maguire, and greenwood for timo Werner, maddie cash and kane do you who do you think won that side of the trade Ooh, I think Varney Maguire and Greenwood won that side of the Is trade. it because of the recent Timo Werner injury from last night? No, not even because of that. It's because people have been doubting Jamie Vardy and he's uh, tied for the scoring list. Greenwood also up there. He's like scoring almost every game for every other game. Maguire will come through with his points. Uh, Matty Cash, though, has been on good form. Kane hasn't been. And neither really has been, like, Timo's been putting up, like, he does everything but the last moment, right? And that's where all the points are. So it really sucks for a player like Timo. But on the pitch, you can kind of see his impact. But then, like, you know, it's all about that goal or assist, right? Which have not been as, like, 
frequent as like you know as as you'd kind of expect with how he's playing so yeah you know what just to be different i'm gonna go with the team of Werner's side because maddie cash playing a new role looks like an absolute beast of an asset this season hurricane got his first goal against newcastle looked kind of sharp but then again green assault it was newcastle all right exactly yeah so i made a couple of waiver moves i finally dropped Semedo. i don't know what the hell has happened to him all of a sudden when i decide to own him one season he's actually being trash as much as i trash him for so i picked up charlie taylor he gets acre crosses in the box he gets key passes he's been conceding a buttload of goals and still getting more points than Semedo. and the other player that i picked up was brian embuemo I dropped Ben White because it seems every time I play Ben White, he refuses to score points for me. So with Brentford's easy run coming up, I thought, you know what? Why not take a punt with him and Ivan Tony in my squad? Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the International Genie League. So IGL Cup was a knockout game. Again, had another loss, 77 to 61. I'm out of the cup. It was a nice run. So good luck to whoever is going to, you know, win it in a few game weeks or whatnot. Moving on to the Sunday League. GWP was missing. Jimmy got benched that game week. Thiago Silva came back late from international duty. So I was struggling to start players, man. I ended up with a... Oh, yeah. Again, it's a loss. Why do people listen to us, man? <laughs> 98.25 versus 61. Um, you know what, though? In all fairness, shout out to Oli. He's the guy that beat me. He's a Brentford fan. He went to the game. So, you know what? I'll take the three points in real life. He can take the nice. three points in fan tracks. I yeah. think it's just fair trades, you know? So, yeah. Like I said, I was so frustrated with Tomato because I started him and I missed out on Andreas Christensen's points, 13.75. I ended up benching him and said, Tomato got what, like negative minus 0.5 or something like that? Yeah, threw his ass out, man. And it sucked that TAA was quite yeah. quiet in a five-goal thriller. You would think he would have gotten at least one assist, especially how he started the game. He looked mm-hmm, so electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I'm pretty disappointed about that for my leagues as well. Had Had him in both my teams. Yeah, considering he was our first-round pick for um, Mm -hmm. each of our leagues, right? And it also sucked that, I mean, my bad luck was just absolute shit, man. Veltman even got subbed before the 60th minute, so I didn't even get clean sheet points from there. But yeah, I owned Henderson in that league as well, like I said, playing a different role. So maybe managers keep an eye out for that when you get the lineups and whatnot. Just look at where the player is actually playing in the position and have a think about, you know, maybe it might affect his output or how he plays in that game, right? It's not always going to be guaranteed that just because they have a new position, they're going to maintain their output like James yep. the Goat Milner. Man, so many superlatives <laughs> for this guy, yo. But uh, yeah, um, highest scoring player. We talked about Andros Townsend. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he's the real deal this uh, season. So if you can get him, go get him, man. And I didn't really waver anyone because I thought my squad was good, but it wasn't. So you know what? I put in a waiver last night for a couple of players this morning so let's see if i can get james the goat milner but yeah another trade i want to kind of ask you about was pascal gross pulisic and bailey leon bailey for cristiano ronaldo lewis dunk and daka who do you think won that side of the trade cristiano ronaldo side i don't know i like, Always okay, cristiano like, ronaldo. <laughs> like there's a significant gap in the possible po- potential for cristiano ronaldo's points that isn't there on um, on the on the Pulisic side, right? Like, yeah, okay, Pulisic might have that, but Pulisic doesn't even start regularly. Where you know, if Cristiano Ronaldo is there, he's gonna start, right? Okay, the, the only other kind of thing is okay, Daka doesn't really even start, but like, I feel like he's still be able to kind of get points, and it's still a good player to hold in case of not just injuries, but like when like you know fixtures come thick and fast, that's a kind of good player to kind of have, and like 
and stuff like that, especially considering they scored four goals in the game yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. They or him? (laughs) He scored all four by himself, bro. Uh, And that's one of the questions that we were, like, going to address in the second half of the pod, right? Uh, Would you pick up Daka? Do you think, you know, Brendan Rodgers is actually going to start this man? Yeah, exactly. So, and then Dunk, you know, Brighton have actually been putting up a good defense this season, right? So, like, like you said, what, he got 20, oh, was it, was it Dunk that got you 20 points this game? 20 points, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right, so. Okay, and we will move on lastly to the perfect 11. We have moved from a grand 13th to 13th after scoring 161.75 points. Just tells you the level of the competition in that league, man. Mm -hmm. All right, Russ, I think now is a perfect time for us to take our halftime pint, and we will see you after the break. And we are back. All right. So we kind of switched around the order of things and just the format of things just for the sake of time. So we decided to remove the injury section just because maybe it just took up too much time. Felt like we were discussing a bit more than we needed to. So we're going to jump straight into the Twitter questions now in this half. Russ, you're going to take it away and maybe start from the bottom coming up. Because Ryan seems to think, and Ryan Acham, I want to say, it seems to think that we're an FPL pod. Guy, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) all right so first question we have from brandon at brandon brisbow are newcastle assets worth picking up right now if so who i don't know now that steve bruce has been fired at least they fired him after his thousandth game you know they at least give him that sort of thing uh did you see some of the comments that he said apparently someone called him like a useless cabbage head or something like that no i just saw asm's tweet bro like it was so heartwarming so I'm like, man, yeah, bro. you the real you you're the real MVP, bro. Yeah, bro. Yo, I love that guy, man. I would love to meet that guy one day. But I mean, maybe if we give some random shout-outs, it depends who's managing the team moving forward. I'm hearing Foniska. Fon- Is that how you pronounce his name? Oh, I'm probably butchering the name. Roberto Martinez and Steven Gerrard are also come out like somehow in the mix to be the next manager as well. But like who knows, right? Yeah. Well, I mean I'm going to randomly shout out maybe Ryan Frazier, a guy who's kind of been cast out. You know, we've seen how one season he got, what, like second highest key passes one season or something, or possibly the highest when Mm -hmm. he was back at Bournemouth along Mm -hmm. with Callum Wilson. So we know he has that potential to explode, right? But other than that, maybe we see a change in formation. Maybe Jacob Murphy comes back into the fold as well. But yeah, it's hard to say. It depends on the manager. It depends on who they want to start and what formation they play, right? So maybe keep an eye on the low-owned ones. If you have an IR spot, maybe try and shift things around and, yeah, take a punt if you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks. Next question. Next question is from no one <laughs> at Chirag Verma. Um, who will Olise start now? What to do with Lukman? Would you start TAA against United? You always start TAA. I know we're answering this in reverse, but I saw TAA and I'm like, you never bench TAA, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I don't... Regardless, like, you know, even if he has a bad game, he'll have a solid fantasy. Like, he'll have a decent F- fantasy. And when they continued the three goals against Brentford, he was still at, like, five or six points. So that's a minus, like, you know, keeping all that in kind of mind. I think, you know, United's always a special game, especially for a young Liverpool lad. So, you know, I expect some fireworks. Yeah, and 
if anything, the season that you guys won the title, when Leicester was beasting, I think you guys were first, they were second, and you guys went, I think, uh, to um, the power... St- uh, what is yeah, the power King, stadium? King, oh, man, King Power so- Stadium. King Power... St- <laughs> yeah, King Power Stadium. And people were like, oh, maybe this is a tough fixture. Even like um, FPL, people were like, oh, let's bench Trent. But Trent, I think, scored a goal, got a clean sheet, and maybe possibly even an assist. He got like 24 points, FPL points or something that day, which is like... Probably fifty in five. Yeah, because he, he got he got he got four assists and a goal, I think, and like one of them was yeah, yeah. that's what it was, and the clean. It sheet. was something insane. Yeah. yeah. So you never ever benched TAA. What to do with Lookman, man? I feel like there's just so much rotation at Leicester right now. Mm-hmm. Like Harvey Barnes, who used to be a beast of an asset, isn't even getting game time now. And with the likes of Daka scoring four goals, Ayuso Perez even coming off the bench and getting a twenty point score game in Fantrax. It's kind of hard to, I don't know, maybe hold on to certain assets. I mean, it's hard to even drop Lukman because you've seen his potential. So maybe just try and keep him on your bench, right, Russ? Given the fact, you know, we barely have midfielders in the game this season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like with Lukman, because I have Lukman, I was thinking about dropping him. I'm like, man, like, you know, this guy's not starting anymore. Like, but it's also like, when he's starting, he's still putting up decent points. And if you can worth keeping him in because of like, you know, as like a luxury player, right? You have enough midfielders to start. You have enough forwards to start. He's a luxury player, right? So when he does start, hopefully it's earlier enough in the game week that you can put him in the lineup and he's hopefully puts up good points. Yeah. And Olise, if he's going to start, I think eventually he will. Like, he's, it's twice now he's come off the bench and gotten attacking returns, right? Yeah. And I mean, eye test wise, the kid looks like a bag of talent. So it's only a matter of time before he seals a starting spot. So if you have him or can get him, I would say try and stash him in your team, bro. But yeah, Chirag, thanks always for your question. I think we can move on to the next one. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Chirag. Um, so next question we have is from our, uh, third host, Ryan J- at Jagos Benito 21. So he asks, is it time to give up on Wolves defense thoughts on the lesser owned Brentford defenders for the upcoming easy runs, i.e. Ayer and Henry. So, I mean, I dumped Semedo, right? Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I honestly thought because of how large operated at Benfica, like both his fullbacks are quite attacking and, you know, got like, up, I think combined 26 attacking returns between them or whatnot. But for some reason, it's not translating for either Semedo or Marcel. And it just seems like Marcel is the better fullback than mm-hmm. Semedo because mm-hmm. Marcel's putting in crosses and whatnot. Semedo barely gets key passes. He just pretty much loafs at, <laughs> up the top of the pitch and just gets, I don't know, smashed on the counter-attack and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really hard call, but you know what? I lost my patience. I dropped um, Tomato. If you want to grab a Wolves defender, maybe grab Saiz. We know he has a goal threat on set pieces, right? Yeah. And with respect to the Brentford defenders, I would say Ayer is the worst of the back three between Janssen and Pinnock, right? I, I just think those guys are better at ghosties. But if you think you can get a clean sheet, then maybe go for Ayer. But if you had to compare him to Henry, I think Henry is potentially the better pick. And I know Ryan and I talked about this off-air, and he actually thinks Ayer is the better one. But I feel like Henry gets further up the pitch, gets key passes. So there's better potential for him to get attacking returns. How do you feel about this, Russ, about Wolves and Brentford? 
Yeah, for the Wolves on, like, I own Sice, but, like, I mostly own Sice because, Sice because he is a goal threat and, uh, like, you know, someone to have on set pieces. Plus, he's been putting up decent points regardless of how, like, you know, how many wolves, how many goals Wolves are conceding. So, it's good to kind of see him back in the mix. And for Brentford, I, like, yeah, I kind of agree. Like, Rico, Hen- um, Rico Henry gets way, way higher up on the pitch. Um... And, like, then with IR, you're only kind of mostly depending on clean sheets, which, like, I guess that is that is what the main question is, right? Is, like, like you know, the, these matches that are coming up, you are kind of hoping for more clean sheets from Brentford. But, like, yeah, like, I think, I think, I think this is going to be, like, one of those tests for Brentford where you see how well they do against not the big teams, right? Where it's not equal pressure from each side, where teams are, are going to sit back a lot and, like, kind of do their own thing. So... Like, yeah, let's see kind of how it goes for them. Yeah, and the last question from Jagos Benito yep. is, Sozan have a decent run and some low ownership defenders. So, any thoughts on those? Ross, why don't you answer that one? Man, like I saw, so Salisu in one of my leagues is a midfielder, and then another one of my leagues is a defender. So, I'm like, like, what? Like, I really want Salisu, but like in the league that he's a defender, I'm like... Uh, in the league that he's a midfielder, I'm like, oh, like, he's not worth it in that sense anymore. But, like, I don't know. I I put Southampton to get relegated at the start of the season. And they've been playing okay, but they, they've they been playing. They haven't been getting the results. And I feel like regardless of, like, you know, decent run, okay, like, okay, they'll play the likes of Norwich or, like, Newcastle or whatever, right? But at the same time, like those are also teams that are going to be kind of fighting for something, right? and they'll see that they're they're going to fight for, like they're fighting against a team that is like you know, in the mix with them at the moment. So my 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 thing with defenders at the moment is if they're not kind of giving attacking returns, don't hold, don't like kind of hold your breath for clean sheets with these lower teams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if anything, Livermento is also a decent shot, right? But yeah. it's hard to say if Hassan Rudel is going to change things up because I think KWP got benched in the last game as well, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Saliso or Livermento is, is the ones that I'd shout. Uh, Ryan, we'd get to your couple of questions about FPL, but man, just because we're pressed for time, I will slide into your DMs after recording the podcast and we'll have a discussion off air. So, I want to move on to the last draft-related question was from Kyle. He what's us from the banter boys league basically he's asking do you think now daka will start on the weekend after smashing four goals ross we've talked about this in our admin group how do you feel about it i don't think she starts right i think he started over jimmy vardy in the striker position i think brendan rogers sticks to either kalechi up top or maybe like you know getting blueman back into the lineup as well i am always kind of hesitant on like you know people per, like smashing it midweek against Europa League op- opponents and then expecting to kind of like for that to kind of transfer into the Premier League I'm also super hesitant on like you know players coming off the benching and scoring like it's always like you know you are coming up against a tired team you are coming against tired players and it's always easy for if you have if you're a high energy player to be like you know um put your impact on the game that way if you can pick him up, I guess I would still kind of pick him up because of, like, injury concerns and because, like, you know, if he's still smashing it, then... And if, like, Leicester aren't getting the results in the Premier League, then, like, you know, Rodgers might want to change something up, start someone, possibly Daka. But at the same time, I wouldn't hold my breath on it. I would still be like, hmm, let's see what happens, right? 
Like, you know, obviously people are going to be like, four goals, let's pick this guy up. But then I'm still going to see, like, you know, we see that all the time where players perform in the Europa League or in the Champions League, and they don't necessarily get the same start in the Premier League. Yeah, and for that consistency of starts, sorry, I feel like Dhaka would have been a lot more tasty of a prospect if he was a midfielder. I feel like there's a plethora for us to pick from, so... Yeah, I feel like it over the course of the season, it could balance out, right? But, you know, maybe we see that Dhaka has that explosive side to him. So maybe for like that one game week punt, it's possible that he could help you win your game week. All right, Kyle, thank you so much for your questions. Thanks to all the fans and listeners for the questions. We'll move on to our last section now, the wave of picks. All right, Ross, we're going to race through these. Arsenal versus Aston Villa. It's the game on Friday. I will take the home teams. You take the away teams. So at Arsenal, you know, grain of salt, Martinelli, 15% owned, and Thomas Partey, 23% owned. Ross, you're a big fan of all these, you know, CDM type players that just do all the dirty work for the team and get those ghosties that, you know, we don't really respect because we kind of chase those attacking assets. And that's why I'm going to suggest Martinelli because of the Saka injury, right? We don't know if he's going to recover in time. And, you know, Martinelli, when he came off the bench, he got that fluky ass assist. But even in his limited minutes that he got the previous two appearances on, I think off the bench as well, it you know, the points were pretty beast. And we know he's a very exciting player to watch. So, you know, keep an eye on him. Possible asset. You know what? I would also suggest an Arsenal defender like Gabriel Magalis, who I believe is also 50% like under 50% owned, but every time I play Arsenal defenders, they seem to fuck me over. Ross, what about Aston Villa? I, I'm going to suggest a couple of defenders too. So, Konsa and Court, uh, Courtney with the K House. Um, yeah, like uh, Konsa's 44% owned, House is 9% owned. Like, it's it's a matter of who's kind of pairing up and what formations they're kind of playing, playing with, right? I feel like, and like goal threat. But at the same time, these are very, like, streaky defenders where they'll go off for one game, forget you 25, 30 points, but then the next game they'll get you minus two points, right? So if you can, like, live with that risk, then live with that risk and pick these players up. All right, next game, Chelsea versus Norwich. I'm going to suggest Ruben Loftus-Cheek, 29% owned. So in the Champions League last night, Romelu Lukaku rolled his ankle, Timo Werner pulled his hamstring. And, you know, Tuchel is talking about Mason Mount is also, you know, not fit or he's been looking tired, etc. So maybe Ruben gets another start again. He looked really, really bright versus Brentford. I know he didn't score a lot of points, but you know what? Give it time. Maybe he will get you some attacking returns. And again, we're lacking midfielders. So, you know, have a punt if you dare. What about a Norwich? Sanji, I know. So this is, I'm going to suggest a Norwich defender. And this is why. Chelsea are struggling to score goals, and now especially with Lukaku possibly injured and Timo possibly injured, Mount not being, like all the points that you're kind of saying, Mount also not being fully fit, you know, maybe Chelsea do, like, you know, squeak out a 1-0 win, but then Hanley has been putting up amazing points, and, you know, that's only a minus two, and hopefully the rest of the points kind of get him up. I think he had, like, what, 18 points this past game, also with a clean sheet, but that's 12 points, like, ghosties that, like, and he just accumulated throughout the game. So he's only 11% owned. He is a Norwich defender, but he's going up against a Chelsea 
offense that isn't really clicking at the moment. Yeah, great shout. Okay, next game, Leeds versus Wolves. So, random suggestion, Shackleton, playing out of position, only 2% owned. He's a midfielder playing in a fullback position, right? So, I feel like he's just going to get some decent ghosties doing all that defensive work, right? And doesn't run the risk of losing points when they concede. It's a matter of when, not if. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leeds just don't look the same team they do last season. What about at Wolves, Russ? Daniel Podence, 34%. I feel like now there's a lot of rotation that's coming through. We saw this past game where it was Adama Trore and Huangti uh, kind of starting up top and like all the Jimenez owners are really mad. But like, you know, I think once the once the likes of Podence and Jimenez came on, they looked a lot more stronger and they looked a lot more kind of like, you know, at, like, you know, threatening on attack. So hopefully it like, you know, Brunelage goes back to that kind of formation and, you know, trust his Jimenez's and his Podence's in his team. And I feel like this would be a perfect game to get some of those attacking returns. Next game, Southampton versus Burnley. So Nathan Radman, 45% owned. I would say maybe definitely for like the next game because JWP is blah, blah, blah. Because JWP is still out. Wow. But yeah, uh, don't be surprised if his points output drops when JWP is back. We talked about Silisu, 25% owned. Couple other players, Broha, 15% owned. He kind of displaced Adam Armstrong. And, you know, Broha played well, got his goal. So there's a chance that, you know, even though he did, I think, limp off towards the end of the game, keep an eye on that. Maybe it's a good forward to kind of have because Southampton's next four fixtures are pretty decent. And Romeu, again, one of those CDM players that just racks up those ghosties. What about at Burnley? Um, for Burnley, so Cornet, 31% owned. Like I said, like in one of my leagues, he plays as a forward but is as a winger but is listed as a defender in this league so if that's also the case in your league you know would be an, a great shout to kind of pick him up that way especially for the possible okay like okay it's Burnley like they might might or not concede but at the same time you know it's still Burnley and they'll like you know play a very compact defense and especially against the likes of Southampton be able to kind of like you know pull out a clean sheet um next is like you know I'm gonna suggest Brownhill again seven percent this is, like I said, like a fifth midfielder if you are struggling to get players. You know, Brownhill does kind of get you those six, seven, eight points and maybe an attacking return. So. Yeah, so next game, Everton versus Watford. I'm going to suggest Godfrey, 17% own. Just keep an eye on the lineups, though. There's always a chance that Yerimina comes back into the fold. And I think the reason he didn't start was because of internationals and fatigue and etc. Mm -hmm. So, yeah... And he's playing Watford, you know. Watford is still a hot mess at the moment. So there's an easy chance for a possible clean sheet there. What about at Watford, Russ? I'm going to suggest Musa Sissoko. He's 10% owned. But he's been putting up some solid points. Like, against even against Liverpool. After e Okay, yeah, he's not really impacted by the five goals in terms of points. He still had, like, 12, 13 points. So... Some dribbles, some attacking passes. Hopefully against Watford, it's a more even-sided game. And he can kind of, like, you know, um, be more impactful. But like as I say this, this is Musa Sixtoko. I for sure know I'm going to suggest this kid and suggest this guy. And he's going to get, like, you know, negative 0.5 for one dispossession. 
And that's all he does in the I mean, game. he was wearing the captain's armband. So maybe that helps him as well. You know, it gives him superpowers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next game, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. If you have an Iris pod, I'd suggest picking up Eberiche Eze. He's kind of back into light, light training and whatnot. So, you know, it could be a gem of uh, asset in the second half of the season for you. What about at Newcastle? I'm going to suggest this player only because Sanji likes him. And I don't know why he doesn't... Re- dislikes him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't yeah, like him. Yeah, <laughs> only because Sanji dislikes him so much. Jamala sells. He's 1% owned. When we were doing the injury list last year, I snuck Jamal LaSalle's name in there. And Sanji just skipped over and being like, we only discuss major players in the thing. And man ended up with 9.75 points by con- by still conceding three goals. Um, Like, what was it? 11 clearances? That's like four points right there almost, bro. So, and, uh, you know, aerial threat. Okay, like, yeah, it's Newcastle. And it's a Newcastle defense. But, you know, captain of the team... Coach just got sacked, new owners, all of these things would play into be like, bro, like I belong here, right? And maybe Jamal Sells puts up points for a few games till then he becomes Jamal Sells again. So keep an eye out for his points. Well, karma's a bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> karma's a bitch, bro. Yeah, I paid for it massively. All right, next game, Brighton versus Manchester City. Veltman and Byrne, 48% and 12% owned respectively. Yeah, Veltman got subbed early, but I think that's just because, you know, international duty, fatigue, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Dan Byrne is Dan Byrne. No one trusts him, but the man always smashes it every season. What about at Manchester City? Uh, So I'm talking about Eastern Standard Time. 11.30 a.m., as soon as the lineups go out, just like, you know... Look, if Zinchenko and Ake are starting, and if they're available in your league and pick them up, Zinchenko's 30% owned, Ake's 22% owned, I'm mostly kind of thinking, those are the only two players that you're pro- that you'd probably only be able to get. Like, you know, there's probably no one else in, that would be kind of worth it. And like, I'm, I'm looking at, okay, Zinchenko, possible attacking returns, right? Clean sheet, kind of clean sheet dependent. Same with Ake, but they're going against some Brighton, right? You know, yeah, okay, they've been playing a lot better, but it's so Brighton and it's so Man City defense. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, these are defenders that you might be able to get to kind of like push you over the top for like a possible clean sheet. All right, next game, West Ham versus Spurs. The only player I can suggest is Fabianski, 26% owned. He kept a clean sheet last game. He's not getting displaced by Alfonso Areola. So, yeah, and he's getting positive points. Decent goalie option. If you need one, go pick him up. Spurs, I don't think there's anyone, Ross, uh, under 50% on. So, shall we just move on? Yeah, we should just move on. All right, Brentford versus Leicester. The assets I'm going to suggest is Rico Henry, 32% owned. Ayer, 18% owned. And Matthias Jensen, Green Assault, 15% owned. The first two are defenders, and I think Ayer will come back in, take his place um, back from Zanka. Zanka was only starting because Ayer was injured. And Matthias Jensen saw his first 90-minute game. Yes, it was versus Chelsea. So that probably affects his output. And the guy takes corners, right? And we know that's always a safety net for key passes. What about at Leicester? At Leicester, so Sumare, 4% own. I feel like he's starting in place of and Didi, who's injured. Vestergaard is doing this weird thing where he's coming on for Johnny Evans around the 80th minute. I don't know why he's not starting over Amarte or Soyonchu, but, like, he's only 48% owned, so, like, possibly still be able to kind of get him if if he starts as well. So keep an eye out on that. 
And finally, at Manchester United versus Liverpool, the game of the weekend. Do not miss this at all. Trust me, no Liverpool's going to smash United, but United probably going to respond after their thrashing by Leicester. Couple of assets I'm going to suggest McTominay and Matic. Well, really, or Matic. Depends who gets the start, right? But again, it's those CDM type sp- players who get those ghost points. You know, it's better than Semedo's negative 0.5. What about at Liverpool? Yeah, man, I'm pretty excited for this game. Uh, for Liverpool, I'm going to suggest their midfield trio. Hendo, 49% owned because Fabinho might be back uh, or should be back. Nabilad, 22% owned. He's just likes to score screamers. And Hamas Milner, 18% owned. Keep an eye out on who's starting that midfield, you know, and then kind of see if you can pick one of these guys up. All right, perfect. Now, that was the waiver section. That's the end of the pod. That's all we had planned. I need to run off, go catch my train so I can make it to my next class because my classmate's waiting for me at Wembley Park Station at the moment. So, Ross, I'll catch you on the next episode, bro. Yeah, peace. peace.